of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Everybody, welcome to the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on successful entrepreneurs, business owners, founders, CEOs, people that are doing great things. They're building businesses and they're making a big impact uh, for themselves, but also for a lot of other people. And so we'll introduce you to our guest in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing. Performance Publishing provides done-for-you publishing services for soon-to-be authors. If you've ever thought about writing a book or If you realize the benefit of a book, that your book is your business card, then go over to performancepublishinggroup.com, grab a free strategy call, find out if writing a book is your next best step in terms of building your business, your platform, or just your personal brand. Again, performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, let me introduce you to Christian Ray Flores. He is an international recording artist entrepreneur, and life coach with a captivating story that spans four continents and multiple cultures. From being a child refugee in Chile at the age of five to witnessing the fall of the Soviet Union in Russia and the Civil War in Mozambique. Oh, goodness. Mozambique. Help me out here. Mozambique. (laughs) (laughs) It's late today. I'm having a little brain fart there. My apologies. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, But his life experiences have shaped him into an extraordinary leader and communicator he is based in Austin, Texas, a few a fellow Texan with me, and uh, Christian enjoys life with his wife and business partner, Deb, and adult daughters, Diana, Violet, and Isabella. He is the co-founder of Third Drive Media, an award-winning marketing and venture development company, and the nonprofit Ascend Mission Fund, doing important work in Ukraine and Mozambique. Additionally, Christian offers his expertise through Exponential Life, a coaching program designed for high achievers seeking lifelong integrated success and host the engaging video newsletter channel and podcast headspace by christian ray flores christian welcome to the show thank you for having me michelle i appreciate it well i'm super excited to talk to you i know we we kind of met through uh some social media and just you know getting to know each other and i just love what the well there's a couple things i want to talk about first i love the title exponential life i think that is such a cool um not just title, but also the way you spelled it, which I feel obligated to spell. Uh, if you want to check out his website, it's X-P-O-N-E-N-T-I-A-L, that's exponential with an X, dot life. But tell us a little bit about that and and what kind of coaching you're doing for these high achievers. So thank you for asking. Basically, what I'm really passionate about is helping people like myself um, uh, who people who are driven, wanting to make a difference, m- wanting to have impact, um, realize that sometimes we hit some ceilings, mm-hmm. and it has to do with not with like a profound flaw in us, but really, times change, we change, circumstances change, and we get stuck, right? And we get stuck in these cycles of of anxiety, burnout, because and that's basically a signal that we're stuck, and it's just a signal, and all you have to do is figure out exactly how to break those cycles and you can have you can fly higher and go further than you ever thought possible 
And I've seen it happen with me because I hit a couple of those in my lifetime. And I've seen it happen with multiple, uh, many, many leaders. It could be athletes, entrepreneurs, business uh, people, um, artists, things like that. And it's remarkable how replicable this process is, how simple it is, and how anybody can do it. So that's basically the idea. The, the idea of exponential life is one of you can lead a life that is exponentially more impactful, happier, more fulfilling, and helps more people, which is what most of us want to do, right? That's why I wanted to talk to you because this is, that's exactly this audience. And that's exactly, you know, why I even got started with my own business back in 2009 is that I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. And so many people that we work with, either as authors or in coaching or whatever, is they have this heart to serve. They want to build something and, and, and maybe get some traction and then hit a plateau. And so that, that, you know, getting stuck, I think a lot of people can resonate with. I know I can. I've had many, many, many seasons of being stuck. But let me ask you, why do you think people like us get stuck? Like, what do you think is really the ultimate? What's underneath that? It's not that we're too busy because we're all the same amount of time. You know, what do you think it is? I would say, I would say this, you know, because we are passionate, right? Because we want to make a difference and we're talented and we're driven, we essentially, what we do is we default towards the things that bring us quicker success, mm. more results, more money, more promotions, and that is work. Work is the thing that drives us because it has a long, it's a shorter arch of performance and achievement, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what happens at the same time is that we have an arch of character, we have an arch of family, we have an arch of social life, family life, uh, we have an arch of learning, of spiritual development. All those arches are much longer. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can you can sort of um, hustle your way into having a grown-up kid who is awesome. It doesn't work that way, right? Uh, but you can hustle your way into being promoted into vice president in five years, for example. Mm. Right? That Does that make sense? Yeah, so, that was a great analogy, actually. So absolutely. So, and it's the same. And what happens is we become, we, we double down on achievement over and over and over again. And then we ignore other parts of us that are actually responsible for that achievement for the long run. Right? So what happens is our outer game outruns our inner game. Mm -hmm. And in the, so in the short run, the, the outer game matters because you can get there faster. Right? So you can just put your head down, have 60, 80 hour, you know, work weeks mm -hmm. and you'll outwork everybody and you will advance, right? And you can have impact. Your inner game starts lagging and mm -hmm. then eventually your inner game slows down your outer game. And then the thing that you, you wanted to achieve most starts suffering because you don't have the, the, the ability to sustain long-term uh, growth. You don't have the ability to overcome obstacles. You become fragile you become you your grid goes down your creativity goes down right your uh, ability to to connect dots and and find find patterns that other people don't see that goes down all of those things that actually give you advantage in the long run they start getting smaller and smaller and smaller because your outer your inner game is the ultimate thing that gives you success in the long run actually makes perfect sense. And I, I can so relate right this minute because we've been working on some, the last several weeks, we're about to launch a course and a 
cohort and you know all all of these things and so work it is all about the uh the the work yeah <laughs> you know, exactly driving us and it's you know super exciting and super passionate about it but but over time you're right when you just consistently working and achieving working and achieving you you burn out or you get you lose mm-hmm. you know that, yeah. that passion a little bit so what's the answer like how do you how does well what i think that that what what happens is you if you find yourself in a place like this you are now working your your biology start dictating your your future and your biology is very interesting because your your thoughts are always about the urgent mm-hmm. right the your thoughts are are always about the emails you have unanswered the tasks that you need to do the project management stuff the staff person or the staff people that you need to coordinate um the deadline for this the deadline for that so you essentially wake up and what do you think of you all think all of those things, right? <laughs> so, and what? So, your your and your thoughts are interesting because your thoughts are neurologically connected in into system. It's like a microchip, right? So, over time, your thoughts. When you wake up, you look at your phone. That's associated with something, mm-hmm. right? It's associated with um, I can't take, I can't get this done, or it's associated with you know, I, my staff is just not there, right? Or it's associated with, you know, I'm running out of money or I lost a client. So it's, it's all patterns that our brain, that's how our brains work because we're an auto, 90% of what we do is on autopilot. So our brain starts re- replicating systems, sort of feelings from the past, right? Mm-hmm. That causes you to have an emotional reaction. Your emotional reaction is stress, anxiety, and other things. It could be anger, it could be frustration, it could be all kinds of things. Now, your emotional reaction now dictates your present actions. So you start basically living today, this week, fueled by things from the past. And then you're stuck in the past, and you're replicating the future that is basically just like the past that you dread. Mm. <laughs> wow. So you're you're by you're you're neurologically incapable of building a new future that way. So is it a matter of just reprogramming or that's or... right. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically developing practices that and there's a slew of, of tools that we use in exponential that are there to help you calm down your brain, your mind, and your heart. And your heart is like the emotional center of you. Mm. Right. Yeah. To de-stress because you're if you're because think about it, your emotions are flooding your system with stress hormones, so you're biochemically impeded from being creative. Right. Think yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. So when when you calm down your heart and your mind and you develop systems and habits and lifestyle changes that support that, your biochemistry, your your brain chemistry, all of that changes to. A different set of chemicals, a set of uh, of circuits, right, that are there firing up new circuits, new microchips, and the new microchips are innovation, creativity, breakthroughs. How do you build the future? Mm-hmm. And you see, you see that future in your imagination first. It goes from your mind, goes to, same same way, it goes to your emotions. So you're excited, you're motivated, you're not burned out. It goes to your action. So your actions, your your day, your hours, and your week, and your days, and your weeks are now building a different future. Then and not just replicating the past. So you're, 
escaping that trap, basically. Um, and so that's why we, when with the program, what we do is we, we first, we do four shifts. We calm the mind and the heart and mm -hmm. develop skills to do that. You have to be able to process um, obstacles, rejection, right? Bad news and an email that you dread, a customer that you didn't get, a customer that you lost, an investor that you didn't get. You, if you're going to do anything great in life, you're going to get a lot of that, right? And the question is, what, what do you do with that? And I think, for example, for me, I would say, let, let's say a range of bad news that are a trigger, a bad event, and something big, you know, like, oh, you know, something significant. A trigger, I can get over that in minutes because of the skills that I have. And I can teach you how to do that. Minutes. Wow. And for some people, a trigger will cause you to spin off into okay. into a stupor for days yeah uh something more significant i can probably get it over get out of that in a in less than a day in just mm -hmm. a few hours i'll get over it and i'm back into creative constructive mode into not reacting but acting right proactive mode uh something significant it could take me maybe two or three days to process and and wind down but imagine what that does amplify amplify that into months and years of yeah. productive work and bad, uh, bad news come with anything you want to build that is good in life. Anything. I don't right. care what it is. You know, a book, a, a, a film, a new career path, all of it comes without obstacles and resistance. So if you're able to manage stress, not manage, but govern stress, mm -hmm. dominate stress, that is a superpower. And I think that's the first superpower. Then you have to understand Okay, how does how does life work exactly, right? What are the dimensionality? What's the dimensionality of life where I can invest in that so you can have a, my inner game matches my outer game, mm. right? And there's a lot of science around it, right? So we have a, a, a thing we call the exponential life radar, which is seven dimensions that we track um, ongoing. And we talk about, go, we evaluate ourselves first and we go, okay, between one and a five in each dimension, how are we? And then we start seeing visually wow, we have a flat side over here. No wonder I'm, you know, burnt out yeah. and I'm stressed, you know, but once you see it down, you can fix it, right? Because you can put your finger on it. You can put your intention into it and your, your passion, your energy goes into that. And over time, what happens is that wheel, the seven, the seven dimensions starts getting wider and rounder. So if you're on average between a four and a five on all seven dimensions of life, watch out. Yeah. You can do a lot of amazing stuff in life. You really will. And you're going to overcome obstacles better. You can recuperate from bad news better. You, mm -hmm. can, you can tackle more for longer. And you can be an anti-fragile person, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of a thing. And then the next sort of shift is basic designing based on now a, a de-stressed, calm heart and mind, a recalibrated inner game. Now you can design a future. And the, the things that come into mind when you're in that state, a creative state, yeah. it's a very different future, right? So you can, you can create bigger, better things, have more impact, help more people in more places that way. That is so awesome. Uh, so how did you get into this? Like what, what made you want to help people in this? And, and <laughs> as, you can, <laughs> as you can probably imagine, it's like I hit a wall pretty early. That's exactly what it was. So basically my... Uh, the way it was, well, I think it was early childhood, really rough early childhood. That was one probably thing that became, you sort of 
grow up and mature quicker when you're a refugee at age five and you know change four different countries by age seven and you have to adapt to cultures and body language and languages and uh, and just everything and you're like i was an outsider everywhere i've been right so you develop some muscles and some abilities right to flexibility and over the sort of some some grit over this so that was one i think layer of it that allowed me to go oh i can i can develop skills to get to overcome obstacles and to deal with rough times and limitations and, um, you know, even some relational drama, things like that. Um, but I think for me, uh, the big shift happened with an early success professionally, right? So I, I got a master's degree in economics. I was a musician at the same time. And I was like, you know what? I'm young enough. I can live in a shoebox. I can try. And uh, this was in Eastern Europe at the time. I grew up in basically Russia, Ukraine, Chile, Germany, Africa. So like there's this international pattern, right? Three different continents. And uh, I, I started doing music in, in, the, in the early 90s and I became successful in a year. And I was going from small venues to bigger venues to sports arenas, wow. TV, MTV, radio, magazines. Millions of people knew who I was. Millions of people knew my songs that I wrote. And so, and so that kind of meteoric rise um, it also exposes a lot of cracks. So, it, so I had really good outer game, right? Clearly. Mm-hmm. But my, my inner game did not match my outer game, not yeah. even close. So I reached this, this insane um, sort of peak of dissonance between my outer game and my inner game. Mm-hmm. So then that, that starts shutting down creativity, which is the first thing that brought me there in the first place. <laughs> it starts sh- shutting, shutting down. It starts causing self-sabotage. And anxiety and stress and all this you so you shrink and you go into sort of the survival mode you're not thriving you're surviving mm. and you won't last for long if you're if you're surviving and not thriving right so that basically was sort of my first ceiling that i hit and i was like 26 right so people usually get hit that ceiling when they're like 40 or 45 yeah. or whatever you know so i hit my midlife crisis by age 26 which was a <laughs> blessing in disguise it was sort of miserable but it was a blessing because i i just thought i gotta fix this i don't know how to live right so i went into overdrive into how to learn those things and i just found um this guy so i became uh, you know i developed a spiritual life that helped me a lot i became a christian and there was this guy, this, this um, pastor, who became my coach, essentially, right? And the reason I differentiate between pastor and coach is that a, a pastor will give you advice every once in a while, will sit down, read the Bible, give you some wisdom. I latched on to this guy, and I basically said, teach me how to live, I'll do anything. Mm. That's a whole different level of engagement, Lovely. right? So I was super coachable, and uh, I basically just latched on, and a big, a big pain point of mine was that I didn't know how to, how to work how to do romance because my I was traumatized by my parents' divorce and I had this all this attention of women at the time. Mm-hmm. And and that messes with your head. Yeah. Like that's just not normal, right? Uh when pe- and also because it's fake. And it, it's it's artificial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because celebrities, people are not in love with you. They're they're in love with the persona, not the person. And that messes with your head. So that layered, like all these layers really you know, I just threw me for a loop. I didn't know what to do with that. And I, know, and I didn't have any good examples of, of healthy, flourishing marriages around me. Everybody around me was sort of messed up in the same way. So when I saw this, this pastor and he had an amazing marriage and I, I said, teach me how to do this, you know, and he goes, I'll teach you. And he did. 
and uh, so I that gave me a lot of faith into the into the weaknesses and blind spots that we develop as as high achievers. Uh, I think most of us are actually partially driven by trauma, mm-hmm. and you know, like I don't, I've never met one high achiever who didn't have some major drama in life. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I'm sure there exists somewhere, but I haven't met one yet, right? And and I think what happens is the achievement masks the weakness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what happens is if you don't deal with the weakness, it doesn't go away, right? It starts following you around. It's like this invisible weight around your ankles and you can't fly. You can't take flight because you're not dealing with it. And for me, what it was, I sort of intuitively said, I have a major flaw. I don't, I don't know how to do marriage or anything. I don't even, it's not even a weakness. It's a blind spot. And I, the, the reason I differ, differentiate weakness from blind spot is that a blind spot is an, a weakness that is unattended for long enough. Yeah. You don't pay attention to it, right? And then it becomes a weakness where you're sort of aware that this is not your strong suit to a blind spot where you don't even know where to start to fix it. And that's where I was at with, with romance and marriage and family is that I literally had no instincts, no framework to do it. And I just said, I have, I'm flying blind here. I'm going to rely on you. Can you coach me? Can you build me up from the ground up? Wow. And and because I was, I think I was willing to accept this kind of coaching with humility, mm-hmm. I literally turned a, a, not only a weakness, but a blind spot into a strong suit. And I, 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 you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an investor, I'm a media person, I'm a coach. I'm a much better husband than I am all of those things. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. How incredibly blessed are you to have had the connection with that pastor to help you? Yes, and, very much. And- to add that you have the the willingness willingness to learn because here's the thing there's plenty of people out there who can help us but until we're ready exactly yeah it doesn't matter so that is incredible what a great what a great story not so great in what happened but i think i i do agree though i think sometimes we have to either hit rock bottom or go through something really really difficult to come out of it Something you said really interesting, I never really thought of it uh, that way that most high achievers have some sort of a trauma. I always say that most of us who want to, you know, do big things and make an impact, it's usually because, you know, there is something inside, but it's usually like an imposter syndrome or something holding us back. Mm -hmm. I never really thought of it as like a trauma. And, you know, in publishing books, I will tell you, we've dealt with a lot of trauma and it comes in every different form. Your trauma could be so different from my trauma, yeah. but, but we still define it as trauma. So mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I never thought of it. And I think imposter syndrome is part of it as well. It's, a, it's, yeah. an out, it's, a, it's a, almost like a signal of trauma, right? Yeah. Like Something that I'm from, not good enough, but where exactly. does it come from? Yeah. Like I'm coaching a gentleman right now who is in, in finance and commercial real estate. And, he, and literally a conversation I had, what, two, three days ago, a coaching conversation. And he basically says, I'm getting all of this, um, all of this money coming my way and it's messing with me. I feel shame. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm not worthy. And, and so that's, you know what I'm saying? So, but it comes from something. So we're digging, digging around about, you know, around his spiritual dimensions, his, his relationship with his parents, that sort of thing. What made him believe, what ingrained, what imprinted? that I'm not worthy part, right? 
it's just amazing how our minds work. We we do when I do workshops for authors. That's uh, they, they come to this workshop that it's called Bookbound, and they come to this workshop. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do this and that. But the very first thing we do is we take a look at their mindset and their belief yeah. more than anything, because until they believe that they have the ability to do this or that they are worthy to do this or that they have a story to tell, doesn't matter what they learn. And but of course, if you say that, nobody's going to come to an event that says like, what are you <laughs> yeah, exactly. what's really holding you back? No, nobody wants that. They just want the result. Right. Um, yes. So I love that what you're doing. And uh, and I think there's a lot of goodness to that. We we all know we could do more. So absolutely. And cover what's holding us back is so, so critical. That's super mm-hmm. cool. All right. Yeah. So that's exponential uh, dot live. And I know we're running short on time, but I really want to talk about Third Drive Media because obviously you have a passion for entrepreneurs and and business owners and all that because you created this fractional marketing company for businesses like this. Let's tell us a little bit more about that. So I think, well, it's it's just one of it's my in my wheelhouse of of um, of skills, right? So obviously, when you are uh, in show business, you develop the ability to communicate, to move, to understand culture then to use media for that. So, you know, it went from that. I had a production company in Hollywood that did music videos and music uh, with Hollywood producers. And then when we moved to Austin, I started this marketing company called Third Drive Media. And the idea is basically that the niche that we wanted to target and we feel sort of also called to do it because we love founders and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one. I just love, these are, the founders and entrepreneurs are my heroes because in the 21st century, Though they are the explorers, right? They are the ones who go like in the 1500s. These are the people that would be getting on ships and going to Asia and America into these unknown lands, and they will be like kissing goodbye, you know, kissing their families goodbye, say, "I'm not gonna, I might not see you and might not return, but this is, I'm driven to do this thing, right?" So in the 21st century, that looks like I'm gonna start a business, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna shift careers, I'm gonna start something amazing, and I'm gonna impact the world. I just love people like that. And what happens is when you start a journey like this is that you have to obviously communicate, build platforms, um, stand out in a, in a very crowded, noisy world. And uh, marketing and media are very important in that. And when you're starting off, you just usually don't have the funds for a big staff. And you might have one per, you might be, I mean, most, most founders do everything themselves. So that's like the first step. Then you have a small team. And then the first small team, you have like a CMO, right? A senior marketing officer. And that CMO can't do, physically can't do, or skills time, skill set can't do three or four things that are required. So we come in as a fractional marketing team and we say, okay, Mr. CMO or Mr. Founder, let's, let's see what we can do. And then it's going to cost you less than a full-time person, for example, right? Which is amazing for them right. to have three or four or five people who can do who have skills who will cost them less than a full-time person. So it's a huge advantage. And that's basically the niche. These are the people that we serve. This is the kind of value we bring. Do you, is there a particular area that you focus mostly on when it comes to markets? Marketing is such a broad. Right. Uh, kind of what are, what are the. We don't do, uh, I think it's a lot of it has to do with people that have personal brands. That's one. Okay. That's a natural thing because that's what, that's what I do for me as well. Um, so personal brands, authors, coaches, you know, speakers, people like that, that's, that's fairly straightforward. We do tech startups quite a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, and, and because we also do on the other side of the business, we do a lot of consulting for startups who want to raise capital, that sort of thing. Help them tell the story, tell it from the standpoint of the audience, which is the investor. And a lot of the times, yeah, a lot of times founders can say the value, but not communicate the value to the investor, which mm-hmm. is the person who's supposed to give you the money. So you lose the investor that way, you know? Uh, and then the third area, I think a lot of the, and, and we do some, everything in between as well, but uh, that we focus on is nonprofit work. Yeah. And um, the, I just, I'm a philanthropist. I love doing, we, we have a nonprofit called the Send Mission Fund. We do work in Mozambique. We do work in Ukraine. Um, so I, obviously I, I am a fan of people who want to help people. Yeah. So those are the three buckets, but we do other things as well. So it's not exclusive to that. You said nonprofit, and I'm the same way. I love it. We've done several books for people that they're using the book to to raise awareness for you know um, right for donors, mm-hmm. and you know making it easy for them to see. Uh, we did one particular one comes to mind. Um, she has a, a wonderful nonprofit in Kenya and needed you know people to to come partner, but hard to really articulate all the need without you know. So having a book to be like, read this story of this woman's lives that we changed has like made a huge difference in their nonprofit. And I just, wow, yeah, I mean, it's all like, I think you and I have a lot in common in that. It's like, it's not about, it's not about coaching. It's not about a marketing company. It's not about publishing, you know, and it's not about like all the other things I do too. It's about the fact that helping people to, to, to make a difference and helping people kind of discover who they already are. And allowing and helping them to get it out there in a way that can help other people. I mean, precisely. Yeah, absolutely. What we're all trying to do. So, yeah, yeah. I so cool. Okay. Anything else? Well, I'm, two more questions, actually. Um, so who who inspires you the most? Either an author or it could be a speaker or dead or alive. But who who would you say has had the biggest impact on you? Ooh, uh, wow, it's, I, it probably varies from week to week, honestly, depending on what I'm, uh, depending on who I'm, who I'm learning Maybe. from through books or listening to to podcasts. You know, one uh, one that is sort of sort of constant is this um, psychologist. His name is um, Victor Frankl. Oh. And, uh, wow. you know, it's, you know, sorry, it's a little heavy, right? <laughs> this no. is a guy, who, this is a guy who survived Auschwitz and all of that. Uh, but he, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. For and I, I just, love that book. My gosh, it's just, he's, uh, it's, it's always there. And I think part of it is because I've, I've experienced personally, like I've literally seen a military coup in Chile, civil war in Mozambique and the fall of the Soviet Union. So I've, I've seen a lot of drama. We just went to Ukraine last September to a war zone, right? So. Um, so sort of this idea of meaning is such an important part for me because it, in it is the secret to longevity, I think, to perseverance and to winning long-term. Mm-hmm. We're meaning-making machines. And I mean, it's actually part of my coaching program as well. Meaning is one of the macronutrients for a flourishing life. It's like you have to figure out the why behind what you do. So that's probably one of them. Uh, man, I, I mean, I that's a good yeah. one. I think it's you a very good a one. Really yeah. good one. No, I, <laughs> and I think that totally ties into what you were talking about—the inner game and the outer game. I mean, the, yeah. the meaning is our inner game, and when absolutely when we're not consistent or or not in alignment with what's happening on the outer, yeah, it's that, that's where you start to crack and crumble. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Um, I think the other one that I that is more I, th- I think practical and modern is James Clear. 
And, uh, you know, the Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits, yeah. Yeah, yeah, everybody's read this book. But one of the things that I love that, so so the the whole idea of habits is huge for me. It's huge in in our coaching program because 95% of what we do is autopilot, right? Our, Our thoughts, our actions, our, even our feelings are on autopilot. This is just how we're built. So in some, in autopilot, it's a good thing. You can just take mm-hmm. off your hands off the wheel and it flies you to the right place, except for when the autopilot is taking you to the wrong place, you know? So James Clear has this amazing quote that I, I literally repeat every single, almost every single time I have a coaching session with somebody is that you don't rise to the height of your aspirations. You fall to the level of your habits, of your systems. Mm-hmm. And basically, and that's actually true in business, That's good. right? Like the systems you have are, are, are going to determine your outcome and your success as an entrepreneur. Uh, but psychologically, mindset-wise, you're an autopilot. You're, you're how you think any different, any on, automatically, what, you, what kind of feeling, association, um, mm. reaction you assign to a, an event, right? An opportunity. All of those things are going to determine your outcomes. So if you are, for example, if you're, if, you're, if you're filled with stress hormones from day to day to day, that's a system. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that autopilot is going to take you to the wrong place, I guarantee you. It's gonna, that's the thing that, that gives you that ceiling that you, know, you don't know how to break through. Right. But you change your systems, right? And your stress hormones goes down, you have a peaceful heart and mind. Now you're in, in this creative, thriving place. Oh, everything changes. Yeah. Like the opportunities that show up, the partnerships that, that show up. And some things are just flat out freaky. Like yeah. where you where you go, okay, this is supernatural. I don't understand how that came together. But it happens, right? And I think it has to do with the systems that are internal systems, right? And the big part, like that's what I'm super passionate about, uh, cre- recreating, establishing systems that are now your autopilot is literally taking you to success, thriving, fulfillment, without you thinking about it, mm. without you making an effort. Autopilot going in the right direction. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the big thing for me. It's, I just love that. And, mm. and, you know, that's what we're built for this as yes. human beings. Yes. You know? Well, this is so awesome. One last quick question. So the show is called The Power of Authority. And the reason it's called that is I wrote a book years ago called The Power of Authority, but it was a play on words. You can't spell authority without author. Um, but uh, <laughs> you don't have to be an author to have authority. Authority is just the ability for other people to want to listen to what you have to say. So right. what is working? What, what is working for you, whether it be in the third drive media or the coaching business that's helping you to continue to build your authority, which is in turn building your business and helping more people. You know, that's actually a good question. And it actually ties into the whole systems thing, right? Okay. Like if you are, for example, for me, I have multiple things that I do. I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to focus better, right? That's sort of my weakness. I don't focus very well. I have like professional ADD. Is that Every when you- does. <laughs> I think so. I think most of us do, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for, but for me, for example, look, if the urgent is driving the ship, right? Mm. Is you are essentially the, a slave to your, to your, to your, to the urgency, to the survival, to the stress hormones, all of that, 
you're not going to establish authority because you're always putting out fires. You're always getting things done. You're checking things in your, in your long list of things to do. Mm. And then the treasure that's hidden in you, which is your experiences, your expertise, your unique signature moves and mm. value that you bring to the world are dormant and not communicated, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, are, if you want to have authority, you have to make space to create, to write a book, to, to author a podcast, the things that we're doing right now, right? Mm -hmm. I can be head down focused on solving a problem or driving sales or closing deals right now, but mm -hmm. I'm here with you talking to you because I wanna share my story and you are making time to create an authority around your expertise, mm -hmm. right? and mm -hmm. tapping into the ex expertise of other people, you're creating authority that way. Um, so you and I are, have a calmer mind and a calmer heart. Yeah. We understand that the, the important, this is important, this is not urgent, but it's important. Mm. So we make space for it mentally, in time, in schedule, in effort. And we create these things over and over and over again. And over time that builds authority because these are all mosaic pieces of value that are floating around the internet now and then you you know you are michelle is now an expert in this mm -hmm. she's seen it all she's seen the, the the pitfalls she's seen the mistakes and she will help you open up she will mm -hmm. help you mine for the treasure inside your busy life the mosaic that is your life and he she'll help you shine and mm -hmm. be an author and then do the good that you wanted to do and that's what you do for people, right? So it's the same thing for me is that I have to make time. This is, for me, this is important, what we're doing right now. And, I, and we were created to create. So right? this yeah. form of create, I mean, you know, we're in that image, so we're creating and that, but like, I am the happiest when I'm in this space. And, and yeah, there's a bazillion other things on my list of things to get done. But this is, I think, and that's actually a great message to end on that just to be aware of what is, you know, lighting your, you know, your lighting your light and making you feel creative and in your best place and gravitate more toward that and, and less of the urgent, like you said. So yes, absolutely. Good 100%. stuff came out of this. And I know we're over time, but I, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. Well, I always try to do a great wrap up, but you know, I have all of these notes, so there's so much here, but I, one of my favorite things that, that Christian said was, you know, about entrepreneurs, because this show really is, I'm an entrepreneur. We're bringing on entrepreneurs. Many of you listening are entrepreneurs and the fact that we can be compared to explorers and that visual of, you know, getting on that boat or, or doing what you're going to do. You're driven. We are driven by a dream. So I'll leave it with what is your dream? What is truly driving you? Where are you stuck? And then spend some time following the tips that Christian shared on how to get unstuck so we can all go live our best lives. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. 
If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.